eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential and then through some elbow grease, fresh installs and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own? Look to your left, look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. So there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome to the Jill on Money podcast. It is Friday, May 14th, and uh, we're going to change things up a little bit because we got a slew of questions from you folks about inflation. You probably heard that both the consumer price index and the producer price index were up pretty dramatically. And I want to just peel that back a little bit so you have a better understanding of what's going on. First, let's get into a couple of definitions. Producer prices, those are prices paid at the wholesale level. Consumer prices, prices paid at the, get it? Consumer level. All right, let's let's focus on the consumer price index, although both have been rising. We got a report out and we found out that consumer prices... That's the price that people pay for all goods and services jumped by 4.2% from a year ago. And it was the strongest annual increase since 2008. And sometimes we talk about something called core CPI, and that strips out volatile food and energy components. Those can move around a lot. Like, for example, this pipeline thing, it's going to cause gas prices to go up, but they're going to come back down. Okay, core CPI strips out those volatile components. That increased by 3% from a year ago. It's a 25-year high. So what's going on? Prices have been rising. Why? Because we are talking about depressed numbers from the onset of the pandemic last year. At that time, the economy was frozen, right? Prices plunged. And we also had some supply issues. If you remember, it was in April of last year when oil prices dropped into negative territory. And it got so bad that oil producers had to pay buyers to store the oil that suddenly nobody wanted. And it's not just energy, though. When we look back, so many big ticket items like new and used cars, appliances and furniture, Even the price of an Uber ride or a hotel room or airfares, rental cars, everything is going up. 
And I think what's important about this is a concept that I've been calling, it's easier to freeze than to defrost. I find this myself. I throw some meat into the freezer. It's great. Then I want to use it. I don't take it out in time and I want it to defrost faster and it's always a pain in the neck. Well, this is the way to think about where we are with some of these supply chain issues. So we have the first part, which is it is a bad comparison to say prices were so low last year. Where are they a year later? They're obviously going to be higher. But this supply chain stuff, it is real. And we had those issues before the pandemic. So what happened? Just think about it. A year ago, we had all these new protocols, shutting down of the economy, a surge in demand for goods, not services, but goods. This caught producers off guard. It caused a shortage of shipping containers. We saw backlogs at ports. We saw that all these transportation networks were really under pressure as everyone seemed to be buying everything online instead of inside a store. Okay, so I think the big question now is where are we going from here? Will prices keep rising? And I think the answer is they're probably going to rise for the next few months. I know that we've talked about inflation in the past. You know, forget about, again, forget about this pipeline issue. If you looked at this report, gas prices are up nearly 50, 50% from a year ago. If you look at where we are with inflation, it is actually below where it was for uh, most of the 2000s and prior to where it was before the pandemic. That doesn't mean we're not going to have prices to increase. That's not going to mean that. It's going to mean that we have these prices that are pretty high for a while. And, you know, again, some of these issues will get better probably in the next year or so. Uh, But we're not going to suddenly find more lumber because all these sawmills shut down last year because they didn't think anyone was going to buy a house. Lo and behold, everyone was buying houses. Price of lumber is up over 400 percent from a year ago. In fact, lumber prices alone have pushed the price of an average new single-family home by about $36,000. Just lumber. All right, so where do we go? This has a lot to do with us. Consumer expectations can be self-fulfilling. Here's how it works. If you're worried you're going to pay more for housing or gas or groceries or utilities, just look at these people who are lined up for gas in the southeast they drive prices even higher because demand pushes that up. But if we see more sustained price increases, then you might see demand for wages to rise. That worry about rising prices can be self-fulfilling because we kind of cause the whole cycle to become exacerbated. Now, officials, they are brushing aside these worries. Fed Chair Jerome Powell said, you know what? We think it's going to be transitory or or just temporary. We don't think that we're going to see sustained inflation. Janet Yellen says, don't worry. We're going to see this all settled down. It's going to be okay. I don't know what's going to happen. I just have a notion that in the short term, prices are rising. We haven't seen the last of kind of what's going on even with labor shortages, because that seems to be part of this whole process that, you know, if you can't get enough people to work for you and what are you going to have to pay more in wages? I don't know. I think we have a little bit of inflation cooking around for a while. We will see when these things settle down. And with that, let me get to some of your questions. 
Okay. Just do a short, just a few today, because I did a whole inflation monologue. <laughs> Sarah wants to know about retiring early. She's 44. She's got a few rental properties. She says, I think it'll bring in enough money to allow me and my partner to get out of our day-to-day jobs. Hmm. I've recently sold a house. I've got a bit of extra cash. I'm considering paying off the primary home to avoid the 3.875% interest. And that would also lower my monthly expenses. The other options would be buy another rental property or give some money. I think she means invest some of this money with a company that does that. I know there's more potential with the latter two options, but since I'm already set up with properties that I'm going to have to pay capital gains taxes on, I wasn't sure if I should go with one of those options. Oh, I need to know more about you, Sarah. Um, I don't think I would pay off your primary mortgage. I mean, look, if you have uh, rental properties, I wonder, do you have those, do you have mortgages on those rental properties? Sometimes having rental properties with no mortgages actually isn't the best way to manage them. I also would be worried about paying down your mortgage on your primary because it's nice to have the liquidity. So maybe if you are still working and maybe you could refinance that primary, it might make sense. I don't know about the idea of how much money is coming in, how much money you need. I need more information, Sarah. It's intriguing. You have me, you know, sort of I'm intrigued by what's going on and love to know more about you. Jesse says, I love your podcast and you've answered several of my questions in the past. I'm hoping you'll be able to answer this one too. I recently started a new job and became eligible to contribute to the 401k plan, which is through a company called Securian. I was shocked when I looked at the investment options and the lowest expense fund is still over a half of a percent. Get this, their S&P 500 index fund is 0.68%. That's crazy. An index fund that's so expensive. I sent a message to Securian Customer Service about this. They sent me a long-winded document (laughs) about investment options, about group variable annuity contracts that allow them to charge additional fees. Can you help me understand what this really means? And is it as bad as I perceive it to be? Or do other 401k companies charge similar administration fees that just aren't rolled into the expense ratio? All right. Jesse, it is exactly as bad as you think. You have an annuity as opposed to just a plain old mutual fund investment choice. And that's the the critical aspect of the, the problem here. The structure of what's being offered to you is expensive. Now, that said, if it's the only option or if you have no other way to invest for retirement, then you may be stuck with what you got. The best advice I could give you would be for you to actually think about taking your your complaint to other employees and lobbying to get better to get a better plan. That's worked in the past. I've actually seen folks be able to do that and you may not realize you have more power together to do that. And if not, maybe this is a time where I say, hey, you know what, just put in up to the match and use a Roth IRA for the difference. I don't know. I need to know a little bit more about your own personal situation. But yeah, that's a stinky plan. And I'm so sorry. Employers, come on now. Get better with this stuff. Okay. Chuck says, I love your show. I purchased a non-qualified deferred variable annuity 30 years ago. Wow. I didn't understand the product and it was a mistake to purchase it. All right, we all make mistakes. 
30 years later, we're going to figure out what to do with it now. The total costs are 0.73%, which is low for an annuity. Okay, that's good. Chuck says, I have not annuitized this. There are no surrender charges. Oh, brother, here we go. The value is $1.7 million and the cost basis is $110,000. Here's one of the problems with non-qualified means and non-retirement annuity. But here's a huge problem. You put the money in, your cost basis is $110,000. Now it's worth $1.7 million. And guess what? All of that gain, it's not capital gains. It's ordinary income. And that's a shame. Because had Chuck and his wife taken the same $110,000 and invested it in a group of mutual funds or index funds, it's worth $1.7 million. Now that's all capital gains, a much cheaper tax structure. Anyway, Chuck and his wife, they're retired. They're in their late 60s. He says, I'm debt-free. I don't need the annuity money. We have three financially secure children. Our estate planning has been done. I don't like the annuitization options. Should I cash it out? and pay the boatload of taxes due and reinvest the money or leave it for my children who, as you know, will not receive a stepped up cost basis. Thanks. Well, I'm glad you don't need the money. I mean, you could leave it to your kids. That's, that's a possibility. I don't know how much money you have. Do you have gazillions of dollars? Maybe you could leave it to charity and leave the rest of the money to the kids. Are the kids in a lower tax bracket than you are? I'd hate for you to pay all those taxes at once. I really would. I don't think I can swallow that myself. You know, you could go to a, this is going to sound crazy. You could conceivably take all of that money and plow it into uh, an insurance contract. But even then, it's like, I don't want to start the clock all over again and new fees. I think your best bet might be to just leave it to them. They'll pay their ordinary income tax. Maybe their tax bracket will be lower than yours. I, th- I think that you don't have great choices, but that's one of the evils of these annuity contracts, and th- which is that they will convert something that could have been a capital gain into ordinary income. I'm sort of leaning towards keep it. I hope that helps. Well, it's a Friday, and we have a great guest this weekend. Oh, my God, she's fantastic. Wait until you hear this interview with uh, an entrepreneur, author, and all-around cool human being. Her name is Ellen Bennett. She is going to be our weekend interview. You're going to love it. I fell in love with her. I basically begged her to be my friend after I was done interviewing her because I thought she was so interesting. So uh, stay tuned. That's this weekend. And... As always, if you have financial questions, just send us an email. Ask Jill at JillOnMoney.com. Ask Jill at JillOnMoney.com. Or if you are on our website, the JillOnMoney.com website, hit the contact button and we will respond. Let us know if you want to come on the air live. Mark will do all the rest. I always like to finish the work week, even though I work seven days a week. But for most of you, this is the end of the work week. I like to make sure that we do our business. And our business is a reminder that our music is composed by Joel Goodman. Mark Talercio is our executive producer. We are distributed by Cadence 13. And despite all the different things going on, all the good news about the cases and deaths down dramatically... I still think it's a great idea to wash your hands and to please wear those masks, especially if you're inside, 
Maintain the physical distancing if you don't, especially if you're around people you don't know. And put your hands metaphorically on someone's back. It will make them feel better and it will make you feel better. Thank you so much for listening. We so appreciate that. And we'll talk to you tomorrow. 